New Parsha, Parshas A, and I think it's noteworthy as we start Parshas A. it's a very dense Parsha, loaded, loaded with lots of mitzvos and fascinating um, information. The opening part is a discussion about the preparation again of going to the land of Israel with what's going to be discussed in far greater detail, what we call the, the blessings and the curses of Har Grizim and Har Eval, Mount Grizim and Mount Eval. Um, and that will be discussed much more. But over here we get some more information, a topic that has gotten a lot of focus, which is, of course, destroying Avodazara, Rashi's comment, destroying idols. Rashi's comment in this case is that anybody who accepts, who agrees to an idol, to something which is opposite a foreign god, it's as if you have denied the entirety of the Torah. That's Rashi's comment. You have denied the entirety of the Torah, if you would, if a person could admit, agree with something from the from an idol. <clears throat> Rashi goes on and he says, of course, you're getting ready to go into the land of Israel. You will see, and this is putting puzzle pieces together moving forward into the books of the prophets, that when they will cross the Jordan River and there's going to be wondrous miracles, that will be a proof that you were going to follow the whole process through to the end, and there will be and there will be, um, and there will be, and you will inherit the land totally. Now, this the, in the conversation of destroying the idols of the land of Israel, we're told that um, that you that any type of idol needs to be destroyed. And idols are so bad that even though we in general are very careful to talk nicely, we're encouraged to give them negative names. Negative names don't don't just call them by their regular name. If you will make up bad nicknames for them, we want to just just show how much we despise, how much, how bad we view idols. Um, and that's one of the ways to do it. Um, of course, in serving idols, they would, they would make offerings, bring incense and etc. And the Torah reiterates that we only do that um, in the temple, on the, on the appropriate altar, appropriate position, situation. Um, included in this, in this directive of destroying of destroying um, and getting rid of all idols. So we're told that the opposite is true. Um, <clears throat> the opposite is true um, by, by, the, by the name of Hashem. The name of Hashem, there's actually a prohibition of erasing the name of Hashem. Therefore, we, we have an entity, what we call Shemos, names of Hashem. Literally, it means that we bury and we're very careful, therefore, about in general, we don't write Hashem's name if it's not necessary, lest we come to... Um, Lest, lest we come to do that. Of course, we, the same way we want to destroy their altars, we want to be extra careful not to destroy our altar. Over here, we also start to have Rashi noting that we're going to have hints to different, um, to the tabernacle and its major resting place in Shiloh, Shiloh, and then, and then of course, ultimately the building of the base of Migdash. And there are differences in the halacha and the reality, the laws of the Jewish people when they have the temple or the Mishkan Shiloh, the tabernacle in Shiloh, versus when they have it anywhere else. Um, there are there are a lot of different types of altars that could be built, and a lot of different types of of offerings that are brought. There's something called a bama. A bama is an altar outside of the temple or the tabernacle, and you are not allowed to make one when there is a temple or a tabernacle like at Shiloh. 
Um, it's not allowed to be made. During the 14 years of the process of the conquering and dividing the land of Israel, they were allowed to have a Bama, and, they, and then they were allowed to bring only the unique um, gift offerings, if you will. Um, a gift offering, there, meaning there's altar, there are offerings, there are sacrifices that are brought that a person could just be inspired to bring. And then there's obligatory offerings, sacrifices. Obligatory sacrifices and offerings can only be brought in the temple or in the tabernacle. Interestingly, we're told that that the obligation that rests on a person in his offerings and what he gives is dependent on, as Rashi says, lefi habracha havei. Based on the blessing that you were given by Hashem, you should bring. Meaning Hashem blesses us and therefore we have so much, then more is expected of us. And that's an important outlook in general in Judaism. <clears throat> now the last note. In this, in this aliyah is the fact that we're called upon to build the base of Megdash. But there's a big uh, qualification, and that's only when we've reached the status of Hashem having, um, having helped us conquer and get rid of all of our enemies and settled happily in the land. And as Rashi says, that didn't happen until the times of King David over 400 years, ultimately. Um, and so there, there, that's the big asterisk over here, that the Jews are commanded to go into the land of Israel and build the base of Migdash, build the temple. But it, that's only in a, certain, in a particular setup, when the Jewish people are in the right setting and totally settled in the land. Until they get there, they cannot do it. And therefore, we have to wait all the way to the times of King David till that discussion even starts. Ultimately, King Solomon builds the temple.